Hi there. Welcome to Your AHA Life, the podcast for those who want more for their lives, more joy, more purpose, and more fulfillment. I'm your host, Tanya Harris Cornelius. In each episode, I will bring you stories of insight and inspiration to help you craft the life you dream of living, your AHA life. After listening to today's podcast, Follow me over to my private Facebook group, The AHA Community, and on Instagram at tanya.youraha.life, and we'll continue the conversation. Now let's get started. Hi there, this is Tanya. Welcome to Your AHA Life this week. I am thrilled to have with me Christy Maxey. And uh, she's my guest today, and we're going to be talking about a lot of great things. I'm going to uh, spend just a moment reading uh, Christy's bio, and then we're going to just jump right in. So Christy, after 20 years as a therapist in private practice, she wanted to reach a larger audience. And so in working with thousands of people, she was able to identify this universal problem And that problem is we don't really know how to love ourselves and we don't really do a great job at managing our emotions. So we're gonna be talking about that today with a bachelor's degree in psychology and master's in counseling. Christy is now a personal development coach, speaker and the creator of the Max Method. This is a framework of personal development and self-mastery. Christy is the author of The Max Method, How to Love Yourself and Become Who You Are Meant to Be. Christy, I want to welcome you to the show today. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to our conversation. I am too. I think you're going to be a big help to me, How to Love Yourself. This is such a fitting topic as we're, you know, we're recording this anyway, just not sure exactly when I'm going to publish it or release it. But we're recording this um, the day before Valentine's Day. So that's kind of remarkable as we're talking about love and, and loving ourselves and loving others. So um, I'm, I'm really, really interested to get into this topic. I do want to add, um, because I left this out in your bio, you know, just kind of with your deep understanding training in psychology and the human experience, um, you've also really helped your clients and your, um, yeah, I guess your clients uh, transform negative behavior patterns, past trauma, negative core beliefs, which is so, so important because a lot of times we don't even know what those core beliefs are until we bring them to the surface. Relationship problems transform all of that into real confidence, self-worth, and relationships and careers that thrive. I don't know how I could have left that out in the bio, but we're going to be talking about all of that. I want to start, Christy, just by asking you to share more about yourself, your background, and um, your personal story. Okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, thank you for all of that. Um, So I, yes, as you said, I was a therapist for 20 years, and one of the things that came up to me quite often when I was in session working with people is 
you know, when you see so many people, you start to see patterns of behaviors. And the pattern is that we don't love ourselves and we don't know how to. Mm. And it's understandable because where do we find that information? Mostly for years, it was, you know, go to therapy, but there's, that's a whole other thing. Um, you know, there's a stigma around therapy, there's uh, pathology and therapy. And I kept thinking there has to be this other entity of education, information and things to help people that don't have a mental illness, that don't need a diagnosis, but they need to know how to manage the human experience better. So I would think that quite often. And I thought, well, maybe I'll go into coaching at some point. So yeah, I mean, and it's so true because you're right. There is a stigma that is unfairly um, because therapy is can be hugely helpful uh, to people um, and unfortunate if they really need it and then don't take uh, advantage of it. But yeah, there's this huge stigma. And also sometimes it's not really therapy that they need, right? Did you? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I think that really the biggest difference, most people that came to me did not need a diagnosis. I think that mental health and therapy is, it, it can't, it is a very valuable thing, um, but it's definitely for people who need the focus on the, of the treatment on that diagnosis and on any mental illness that that person is dealing with. But there's so many of us that are just dealing with the human experience. Yeah. And, um, so that I think needs to kind of be, um, we need to evolve in that area so that more people get that information. Yeah. So I want to trace back to what you said. You said that you, after, you know, kind of just really working with thousands of people, this common thing of people don't really, um, know how to love themselves. How did that show up? How did that show up in your clients? Well, the most common was, the most common one is a core belief of I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would be working with people that just were amazing people, amazing parents. Um, you know, they were business owners or great employees. They were top of their class in, in high school and college, all kinds of things. But no, a lot of us don't ever feel good enough. Mm -hmm. And, and really that just comes from a core belief. You kind of mentioned that a little bit ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so one of the thing, and then we don't know how to change it, you know, because that information is not available. And so uh, one of the things that I wanted to do was um, get this information out in a way that is easy, affordable and accessible, easy yeah. to understand more affordable and more accessible than only having therapy as an option. Yeah. And this is personal to you, right? Because when we talked um, initially and we were just kind of, you know, getting to know one another a little bit, you shared your own personal journey uh, and, and how you got to this and that you even tried uh, therapy yourself and, and then self-therapy uh, and started to see some breakthroughs at that point. You want to share with us a little bit about your own kind of personal journey toward, uh, you know, through therapy and into coaching? Sure. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so a few years ago, I was going through a tough time and I had lost a sister to cancer. I was out of a relationship. We had other pretty tragic things going on in my family. And I was just busy working, working, working. And that's kind of something that I do as I get involved in working with clients. When you work with clients, you don't have to think about your own problems, right? Yeah. Well, at some point I was like, you know what? I'm not doing well inside. I've got to take some time out. And, you know, I was grieving my sister, um, but yet I was kind of uh, distracting myself with busyness. And so I went to a therapist, uh, one that I had been to before, and it just wasn't, I wasn't getting much out of it. And then um, I even tried another one and um, the same thing kind of happened. I was like, this is really interesting. I'm paying privately. I was just, it just wasn't working for me. Sometimes I would even leave feeling worse. And so I remember sitting in the car thinking, all right, wait a minute, what do I do with my clients? Cause I'm all about, I wanna get results. I wanna help this person feel better about themselves and feel better about them, their lives and enjoy life. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll just do that on me. And so I did, uh, each morning I would wake up and I would, for about an hour, sometimes even two, I would do some work on myself. I did grief work. I did, um, guided visualizations. I did EMDR. I did some inner child work. Um, and I started feeling better. I started getting through my grief. Um, and then something that happened that kind of surprised me was that I was starting to think about my, um, at the end of it, what I was doing in my career and professionally. And I thought, okay, that's it. It's, I'm living small. I want to get out, reach a larger audience and grow uh, professionally and personally. So that's when I decided to move into coaching because I saw, wow, this works for me. I need to help a lot of other people out there. They're struggling with a lot of the same things. Yeah, you had an aha. You had an aha, Christy. (laughs) It was an aha. It was an aha moment. Yes. I'll never forget it. So I want to go back because you you said some some words that I know all therapists may know, like EMDR and inner child work and grief work. You know, for our listeners who are out there saying, you know what, I have tried therapy, or at least I've thought about therapy, uh, and maybe they need it, and, and we would say, hey, you know, uh, definitely it's, it's, it's worth checking into. But when you started really working with yourself and wanting to see results coming through your own grief, um, and you did EMDR and inner child work. Can you describe just a little bit of that um, for the listeners? Yeah. And for me, and for me, Christy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the thing about personal development work, um, therapy, one of the things that I think is the most effective is doing things that are more experiential, where you actually feel the grief, allow yourself to feel the grief and things like that. And so um, I was doing, that's what I consider grief work is really allowing myself to feel that loss, that sadness that I was experiencing and cultivate self-compassion for it because we're all human. We all have these emotions. We all have these experiences. And so I really dove in there and, and comforted myself during the grief. I, you know, you have to express what's going on for you somehow. 
And so I did um, the visualizations with that. The EMDR is a tool called, it, it stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And it was created for people with trauma. The thing about trauma is I think it runs along a continuum. There is very, very mild trauma that maybe, you know, we didn't have anything horrific happen to us, but maybe somebody said something to us that affected us in a way. And that, and that caused us to change the core belief of who we are. And then there's also major trauma, uh, complex trauma that's very severe. And, and definitely with uh, that kind of trauma, somebody probably should be seeing a therapist um, but I will say that in the coaching field, there are more and more people that are coming out and becoming trauma coaches, mm -hmm. and it's becoming more well known in the mainstream. Yeah. Um, so, and then inner child work, I think is a fantastic way. And a lot of people do it differently. There's different ways of doing it. Um, it's funny because I was working with a client the other day and he says this inner child work, I just don't get it. And they, he said he had been to a therapist and he laughed about it. He said, this therapist had, oh no, his wife was going to this therapist and she was having uh, his wife do things like withholding a teddy bear and things like that. And he just, he, he said, you know, my wife and I could not wrap our brains around that one. I said, yeah, I said, you know, everybody has different ways of doing it. Um, and then I was reminded of a time when, when I was going through my tough time, I was, I had seen a therapist like I talked about, and she wanted me to go build, do, do build a bear and build myself, um, um, you know, like a teddy bear or something. And it just didn't resonate with me. That didn't work with me. Mm -hmm. So I totally related to what he said. Mm -hmm. And so there's different, you really have to find the right person to work with. So anyway, one of the things about inner child work that I think is so important is because it's, I use it to um, dive into when did you create those negative core beliefs about yourself? Because then you can reconnect with yourself at that time and you don't have to do it with a teddy bear. You can, you can ask you know, your inner child, um, how did it feel when that person said that to you? What were you thinking? What kind of message did you make up about yourself? So it's sort of like dialogues that you have or using visualization. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes plenty sense. I just am, you know, absorbing what you're saying and, and processing it because um, going even to what you said around the different, uh, you know, the continuum of trauma and the, the mild trauma that probably more, more, more of us than we even know have experienced some form of that. Like you said, whether it's was a subliminal message or subtle message that was given to us that we held on to um, or images and media that we kind of uh, compared exactly. ourselves to or um, a teacher or a coach or our parents even um, not intentionally uh, wanting to do harm but some some of those messages come up and I was just recalling that because earlier this week I meditate every morning and earlier this week, I was going through this guided meditation. Mm -hmm. And um, I forget the name of the guided meditation, but basically what she, the, she guided you back was to childhood moments. Okay. So revisiting your past so that you could look toward your future. So this part of the meditation was really around just revisiting my past. And she um, 
said at the conclusion of the meditation to uh, spend a few minutes journaling what I thought about. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I journaled like two or three pages uh, wow. of things going back to my childhood tricycle days, you know, tricycles. So it's amazing what is in there. Yeah. It's amazing what's inside of us. And until someone says, you know, or gives, we give ourselves permission or someone helps to facilitate that, to bring it out. We don't know what all is in there. You know, it's right. Like living unconsciously a little bit. And, um, you know, I remembered my third grade teacher and um, it was my first time in an integrated school. It's the first time I had ever had a white teacher. And in this particular case, I'll make this really short, but in this particular case, um, we were playing some round the room game and, you know, you had the multiplication facts, flashcards or whatever, and you had to raise your hand really quickly to get answered. And I think I answered one or two questions, but I knew all those answers because I was studying, you know, and um, she never called on me again. And I was like, just jumping up and down, physically jumping up and down out of my, my desk so that thinking she just can't see me, she can't see me. And uh, as an as a child that was already a little introverted, um, I felt that was the first time I felt invisible. Mm. You know, I felt invisible. And for a period of time, not, I wouldn't say not too long, but maybe a couple of grades or so, I really only answered when I was called upon. I didn't, you know, that kind of thing. It was something that for that moment, um, I just felt like, you know, am I worthy to speak and, you know, am I going to be recognized? So it's little things. Yes. And my yeah. grade teacher had probably no idea. She was probably saying, I know Tanya knows her facts. So I'm going to try to see if other students know their facts. That's, but how I processed it was, you know, I was invisible to her. And exactly. Yeah, that, that is such a good yes. And you don't know how many sessions I've had with people over third grade teachers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> I don't grade third grade teachers a bad rap. But well, it could be first grade. It, it, that's just the thing. Like it's that's why I I mean, and that happens to all of us, you know, and so those things I also kind of consider those things unresolved issues not necessarily trauma, but unresolved issues. And the important thing about looking at inner child and doing the inner child work is looking at how is it still affecting you now? Mm. That's, and so that you can uh, reprocess it and so that you can install a different belief about yourself. I love that. I love that. Thankfully, I grew out of it and had a lot of affirmations from, you know, uh, other role models, teachers, authority figures that probably help, you know, kind of get get me be beyond that. But it is still there. It's still in my memory. I still remember. Right. Um, you'll remember it. But but thankfully, so so as a therapist, I would say I'm 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 making an assumption here, Christy, that your years as a therapy though gave you keen insight even as a personal development coach 
um, that you were able to, to recognize some of those things um, and your own personal journey. I always think that's so powerful when we go through these things ourselves um, that we're able to, to relate more often. How, how did this, your, your, your schooling, your, your own journey, uh, your years as a therapist, um, what unique vantage point did you get from, from that? Well, I think that I, well, it actually comes probably down to what that I, the, um, per, the framework that I developed, the max method, because I am very, um, very adamant about teaching people in the most efficient and effective way. What's going to help this person move the needle as quickly as possible so that they can start enjoying their life more. And that's exactly what I did when I finished working with me and decided, okay, I'm going to go into coaching. Um, I wrote down what I did and it came out to be uh, a method. The, and I call it, it's an acronym for, uh, the method is the acronym for mindfulness because you can't change anything until you first become aware of it. And I choose mindfulness because it's awareness without judgment. So not only do we not uh, value ourselves um, or love ourselves, we also judge ourselves. So that's why I think mindfulness is so important. And when I talk about mindfulness, I don't, I'm not talking about a sitting practice. That's fine if people want to do that, but I'm talking about it more in terms of the concepts so that people learn how to get out of living on autopilot and, and get into uh, more conscious living with acceptance rather with, without the inner critics. So anyway, that's the first piece, mindfulness. Mindfulness, emotions. mindfulness, awareness without judgment. Right. And then emotions is, that's another thing we've learned to judge our emotions so harshly. And um, in the book, I write a whole section about how we learn to devalue our emotions and how to change it because they're a part of who we are. And when we allow them, we feel much more complete, more whole. And when we learn how to manage them, we feel much more effective in our lives. Um, and then the next one is thoughts. Well, before, we go, before we go to T, right? So yeah. the emotions piece, I think is so important. Well, all of these are. Um, but what you just said struck me a little bit is that we we have to learn to acknowledge and accept our emotions, right? And oftentimes we're socialized to not um, accept those emotions, to actually push them down, and and therein lies some of the problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So exactly. what, what is, what is, I know we're going to get into some how to's maybe before we close, but what is one thing when a person, particularly men have been socialized, don't cry, all of that. Um, what is one thing you kind of advise or even work with your clients on for them to become more aware and accepting of their emotions? So one of the strategies that I write about in the book is I created um, the acronym MAKE, make a powerful decision to manage your emotions. And that is being mindful, aware of it, knowing where the sensation, where do you feel it in your body? That's so important. And then listening to it because our emotions give us messages. 
A is for accepting, M for mindful, A for accepting, kindness, Be, have some self-kindness, uh, breathing in self-compassion if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling sadness. And then E is for express, expressing it in some way. That doesn't mean that you have to tell somebody how angry you are at them, but you can manage it and you can express it in all kinds of ways by exercising, by dancing, by journaling. Um, even just by saying, I'm feeling my sadness and that's my experience. Even just acknowledging that it's there and with that acceptance is a way to express. I'm smiling because um, a friend of mine taught me this who I went through my coaching certification program with. And she would always tell me, own your emotions, you know, own, yeah. the, full, own the full range of your emotions. And so um, I love that. from that practice, uh, even before I get up out of bed, like physically uh, leave the bed in the mornings, I check in and I said, you know, what am I thinking? What are my thoughts? How am I feeling? What are my emotions? Um, and, you know, kind of physically, how am I feeling? Uh, so I, I kind of check spiritually, uh, you know, what's what's going on with me spiritually. So kind of yeah, mind, body, emotions, and, and spiritual, and, and kind of just nice. my spiritual check-ins. These are like my check-ins before I even get out of the bed uh, in the morning. And yeah, so I, I've learned to say, I'm feeling happy today, or, and, and why, you know, embrace that, or I'm feeling sad, particularly during this COVID time, right? And and lost, you know, loved ones, family members, um, not just to COVID, but, you know, and so really owning those emotions, I think was really important. Maybe that's why I ask you to pause there for, for a moment. It's so important that we yeah. bring those. What, what a nice practice that you have going. You are practicing the, the things that I think are so essential and at our core. I'm learning. I'm learning. You know, we're all on this journey, right? So I never want to, I never want, you know, my listeners or anyone to think that, you know, through my blogs or these podcasts or whatever that I have stuff all figured out. I'm just trying right. stuff too and, and all of that. But thank you for, for pausing there. So we have method and it's the first one is mindfulness. The second one is emotions. What's next? And then thoughts. Just like you spoke about looking a lot of times our thoughts will will fuel our emotions mm. so i sometimes will tell people if you if you're dwelling in a in an emotion if you're stuck there it might be an irrational thought that's fueling it um such as i'm not good enough that's an irrational thought so uh yeah the whole section is on thoughts and that is core beliefs and also just normal daily thoughts like a lot of times we should ourselves that's just mm -hmm. one example another one is magnifying the negative rejecting the positive if we focus on all the negative we're going to feel kind of crappy but if we look at everything and what's one good thing that is happening right now in my life and trying to focus on that it's going to change how you feel it makes perfect sense. It's harder to do sometimes, but it makes perfect yeah. sense. It is. It yeah. is harder, but I think when people practice it, it does require practice. And when you practice, you get better. I mean, I still practice it. I still, you know, like you said, none of us are exempt at any time in our life. So, yeah. And it's good to have a framework like this. So let's go to the next one. 
Well, the next one is healing. And um, there's just so many way, different ways to heal. And um, I like to focus on what I think are the most efficient ways to heal and the most effective. And those are uh, visualizations are very powerful. Um, EMDR and inner child work are my main ones, but there's so many ways to heal. Taking a dance class, I did that when I was going through my difficult time. I took a ecstatic dance class and I'm telling you, it was so transformative in a way. I just loved it. it was wow. Really yeah. It was like, so I think it's important to know yourself. That goes back to the self-love. Self-love is having a, a high regard for your well-being and your happiness. When you can do that, then you get better at knowing, oh, wow, that really works well for me. Oh, that doesn't work so well for me. So really being able to know that I think is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. So we're at, oh. Own your dreams. Right. So that one was interesting how it came about because I was like, all right, I have sort of an acronym. So the, I'm out. sorry. So the O is own. Own your dreams. Own your dreams. Own your dreams. I love dreams. all of these. I love all of these, Christy. <laughs> yeah, this one has been challenging because I was in my comfort zone for 20 years as a therapist. And then when I jumped out of the comfort zone, and boy, has that been a real learning experience and a growth experience, a personal growth experience. Um, so yeah, and what I find in working with people, and it's funny, the funny thing is the same thing happened to me is when we go through healing, oftentimes, and I saw this with so many clients, is on the other side, you start thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my life? What am I, I want to do something bigger, I want to do something different. And I've seen that, I've witnessed that a lot with my clients, and then I did the same thing. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's just when you become so much more aware of yourself, aware of who you are, aware of um, you, you kind of deal with those core beliefs and, and mm -hmm. healthier beliefs about, about yourself. It, it's probably pretty natural then you, that you start to rethink how you, how you want to live your life. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. What do you want your relate? I love to think of on your dreams. It's also about your relationships. You know, it's kind of, yeah, like you said, you kind of stop and take stock of your whole life and your relationships and your career and all of that. Yeah. In my work and working with um, people, uh, you know, I call these their aha moments, you know, that when we have these inflection points in our lives and um, we go through things, let's try to you know, really distill the learning that is coming from that. And what is that learning? It wasn't, it wasn't there by accident. So how do we take all of that to actually move forward in a way that's more intentional? Um, yeah, the way that you nice. want to go. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. And so after owning your dreams, D. The next one is D. Yes, that's, and it's funny how this one came about. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is D going to be? And I'm on a hike because I hike in the mornings kind of as my mindful meditation. And, and I was thinking, all right, so I got out of my comfort zone. I'm, you know, starting this coaching business and now I have to do it. And mm -hmm. so D is for do it now. And it's really looking at all the ways that we stop ourselves 
usually uh, our shadow sides, like our procrastinating part of ourselves, our perfectionism, things like that. But it's looking, and so it kind of, the method kind of comes full circle. Um, so then, you know, if you find that um, you're stuck in something and going forward in some way, looking at like being mindful of what's going on, looking at, is there a thought that's keeping me stuck? And I've experienced that a lot since I've, uh, since I had my aha moment and I'm in the coaching business now, it's a whole different world than, than my therapy practice. I didn't have to market. And so I'm learning all about marketing and I'm learning a lot of new things. And so there's a lot of limiting beliefs for me around that. Yeah. And a lot of ways that I, I got stuck. And so I thought, all right, this has to be do it now. I got to figure out, I got to do this because I really want to do it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to do it. Yeah. Uh, and keep moving forward with the business. So, yeah, I mean, uh, wanting to be a coach and just finding such reward in that is one thing. Um, creating a, a business out of it is, is another. I, I'm still inside, you know, I still work uh, for a company, but I have many of my colleagues or friends uh, that I went through the coaching program with that are out there doing uh, the starting their coaching businesses so I know it's not easy but um, I think you know what you're doing in terms of helping people to really love themselves become more self-aware number one because I, I agree with you that we really can't change anything about ourselves until we become aware mm -hmm. and then through that awareness learning to you know, cut through all of those core, those negative core beliefs and, and messages that have held us back to, um, yeah, to, to love ourselves, you know, from, from there. Um, what has been some of the kind of the, you know, breakthrough things that you've seen from some of your clients? Oh, wow. So many. <laughs> um, one, one of the major ones is watching people as they learn to connect with their authentic self. And usually it's through inner child work and then they begin valuing themselves. And so there's self-love, which is having a high regard and paying attention to your well-being and your own happiness and self-worth is valuing yourself. I am good enough. And um, so I see that one often, which is, and I'm seeing it more and more online. I don't know if you're seeing it, but I think there's like a whole self-love movement and people, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. And people are like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm going to start. And I just, I smile every time I see it. It's so bizarre because I was like, wow, that's my mission is to help raise the world's self-worth. And I just, I don't know. I think that once you start loving yourself and knowing that you can take care of yourself, the next step is I'm going to, I'm going to value myself. Um, so there's that one. One of the, one thing that happened this week, um, I was working with a client and she had some alcohol issues and she's getting uh, sober and she had an incident where uh, she got hurt, but some of her friends did something that was hurtful for her. And she goes, you know what I did? She goes, I went and I just allowed myself to feel that pain and I cried mm. and then I was fine. And I was like, wow, that's progress. That's progress. Yeah. Yeah. So just even those little things to be able to allow whatever's going on for you. That's another thing about mindfulness. It's being aware of what is. And so what is, is I'm hurt. 
and then just being there with that for as long as you need to move through it yeah so yeah. would you would you say christy that uh, you know much of your practice is helping people to get to that point to get to the point of you know uncovering you know and discovering uh, themselves and uh, learning to love themselves and 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 I'm just wondering is that you know kind of been like you said the the last um, letter in in your max method is is do it now so do you also end up working with them around you know how to set proper goals from there or set intentions for their life afterwards. Where does it, after they've kind of walked through some of these things um, with you, where, where do they go from there? Yeah, good question. In the book, I do have, you know, obviously in each chapter, there are ways to move forward and setting goals and things like that. And being aware of what you want in your life is even a big thing for some people. But yes, the, but but when I'm working with people, I do an eight week program. <clears throat> and most of that time is really working on the first part of the, uh, mindfulness, emotions, thoughts, and healing. Mm -hmm. And then by that time, they're starting to, to do so much better and they're ready to be on their own. And then they go and explore, you know, what school do I want to go to? You know, where, where do I want to study? Where do I want to travel next? Things like that. And so they're kind of on their own. And then they have the Max Method book and, the, and a journal that I just created so that they can use that ongoingly. Yeah. Um, but most of the program, um, I am helping people uncover their authentic self and build sort of emotional intelligence, develop that emotional intelligence and mastery around their emotions and thoughts. So we've, we've kind of mentioned the book, we've talked about the book, and, and again, you know, the title of your book, you want to give that again? Yeah, it's the Max Method, How to Love Yourself and Become Who You're Meant to Be. Yep, so, so I'm assuming that the Max, the, the book is kind of this, you know, this, the method, this acronym that you just kind of walked us through. Anything else that you'd like to share about the book and what um, listeners might find in, in getting it? So it is a workbook, actually. I really oh. wanted to focus on something that was going to be more experiential because I think people make more progress that way. So there are, in each chapter, there are activities, uh, you know, writing activities, um, some guided visualizations, some things, checklists, all kinds of things throughout the book um, that are more experiential. All right, so yeah. as we get ready to close, um, I'm just wondering, so we have listeners listening, what are some steps that, you know, I, maybe it's all found in the, in the method, but what are two or three, three or four, I don't know, um, mm. steps that you would say, look, if you are, if you find that, you know, you're constantly saying I'm not enough or thinking you're not enough or having a hard time dealing with emotions or, or past uh, trauma, however mild or severe, what, what advice would you give them just to start on this journey? Um, so 
definitely because and this happens a lot at the beginning of working with people and so the first week i'll say to them i just want you to become aware of how often that belief i'm not enough or i'm not worthy i'm not lovable whatever it is just now just start becoming more aware of it because i know that when people become more aware of it it slows them down and they start now they have a choice and so you, you can even ask yourself, wait a minute, do I want to keep saying that to myself or would I rather say this? And so become aware of it and then ask yourself, do you want to keep saying that? How about trying? I am good enough and really in practicing that. Um, so that mindfulness and, and a lot of people find uh, that that's so helpful at the beginning because people don't aren't aware of how they're not aware and so many people say, oh my gosh, it's so amazing that I became so aware of that. Now I don't do it as much. So it's a, that's just a little, it's a powerful step in itself. And then same with emotions. Um, notice when you're resisting or judging your emotions. I think that's pretty helpful. And then try to see if you can do something that, you know, what would you say to a friend if they were having that emotion? Say that to yourself. And so trying to change that resistance and that judgment to uh, self-kindness through yeah. that emotion. Yeah. Does that seem helpful? Yeah, very helpful. I mean, awareness is just key. Mm. So many things where we're repeating these messages unknowingly at times, yes. you know, yeah. and the more we repeat them, the more, the more, mm truth air quotes um they are for us and so we've got to unlearn those and and break that break those messages is you know i you know i'm gonna move to the last question but it really sparked a thought to me or question for you is are you um you know a fan of affirmations you know some people love them and other people are like oh they're foo-foo you know they're just gonna yeah what are your thoughts on you know daily affirmations or as, as you're aware of this emotion or this thought that has come up and you, you say something counter to that, maybe that's the affirmation. How, what are your thoughts around affirmations? Exactly. You know, if I were practicing, um, let's say I'm struggling with learning something about marketing. You know, if I practice, I can get this, I can learn this, I can get help if I need it. Those are definitely affirmations. And the same with core beliefs. Um, I am good enough. That's an affirmation. And I know you're right. It, mm -hmm. it does, they do get a bad rap, but the, you know, I tell people, uh, get in front of the mirror and say it in your eyes. And it's hard to not start believing it the more and more you do that. So yeah, um, yeah I, I love affirmations. There, I think repeating the core belief, I am good enough, I am valuable is an affirmation and that's powerful. Yeah, it's very powerful. And I love the mirror work, you know, looking yeah. at yourself in the mirror. So this is the last question. Um, so this is the, your AHA Life podcast. I just want, want to know in your own words, what does your AHA Life mean to you and how are you living your AHA Life, Christy? Wow, that that is such a. I love the name of your podcast. Uh, it really, it it really is very um, evocative. It makes you think. Um, <laughs> so, what is so? Let's think about that. I think it's getting out of my. For me, it's getting out of my comfort zone. 
facing a lot of fears, but knowing that if I didn't, this was kind of the aha, because I, I thought about it and I'm like, wow, I have a good business. This I love it. I love my work. I have a lot of free time. But the aha was that, what if I didn't do it? Mm. You know, I, I might regret that. And that's what pushed me forward. And so, yeah, the aha is getting out of my comfort zone and growing. And growing. You know, yeah. we either grow or we die. So right. we, we every day is a growth day. Thank you yeah. so much. Before I let you go, where can listeners uh, find you? Um, so they can see my website, christymaxi.com. It's also on the same website, maxmethod.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I'll the book is on Amazon. I'll put them in, sh in the show notes for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I did just create an ebook of the print version. So it's an ebook and it comes with a journal if anybody's wow. interested in that. Yeah. Yes, very nice. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for having me. Oh, it's been wonderful. It was, it went yeah. by really fast, but it's, it's so good, you know, just helping people to become more self-aware, love themselves and um, recognize how to do that as well with the max yeah. method. So thank you for being with me today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. Come back again for another episode that will inspire you to live the life you dream about and the life that you're meant to live. Now head on over to my private Facebook group, The AHA Community, and to Instagram at tanya.youraha.life, and let's continue the conversation. I'm Tanya Harris Cornelius, and this is Your AHA Life.